Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. We are doing a special remote. This is like our first remote podcast since MLS Cup 2019, I bet. Uh, but we all just attended the FIFA World the FIFA World Cup. I guess that's what it's called. Seattle 2026 thing. Uh, I'm Jeremiah Shan. Uh, joining me today, hi, I'm Mickey Turner. Hey, y'all. It's Beth Mantle. I'm Dave Clark. Yeah, and we are here at Lumen Field just uh, taking in the majesty that is the Seattle World Cup bid. Uh, I was, I think we were all struck by, like, this was not an event for the press. The, the press, I, I maybe not everyone, this is me saying this, but my takeaway was that this is not an event for the press. This was an event for FIFA to show how many people they could get out to Lumen Field. Like there was nothing here for the press. Settings. Other than food, they fed us. Like there was no we details. We did get some nice cookies and good- scarves. Scarves, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, there was not a whole lot of reporting that uh, came out of this this yeah. event. Um, I think the most interesting, and I use that term loosely, uh, thing was probably the discussion about the grass pitch, and that they being FIFA and CONCACAF made it clear in no uncertain terms that grass was going to be a requirement if you wanted to have your bid accepted to be selected as one of the approximately 16 cities that would be uh, hosting the World Cup. Uh, and with that in mind, you know, after the FIFA and CONCACAF delegations got done uh, speaking, Adrian, you know, fielded a few questions about the pitch, made it clear that they would do what it took if they were selected Right. Um, I thought that was interesting phrasing, but if they were selected to get uh, grass in Lumen Field, now in what form that takes is whether it's permanent or not was left up in the air. So we still have some questions I think that need to be answered, but on the base level, if anybody had any question about whether grass is going to be um, installed in some form, that was pretty clearly answered. And I think they also made it clear that it's not just going to be grass sitting on top of field turf uh that there's going to be something more elaborate and i was actually kind of struck by adrian essentially punting on that and saying like whatever fifa tells us we need to put in we'll put in uh which seemed to almost imply there was a like it wasn't an issue of price it was like look like i mean he almost said this that like when and dave you can maybe speak to this because i think you're the only one of us that was here when this happened but when lumen field was voted on it was on the auspice of it being a grass pitch. And then before it got put in, an agreement was made that if a grass pitch needs to be put in for a big event, they'll do it. Yeah. And that was, and he basically said, like, that's on, that's on first and goal. Yeah. It, the requirement when uh, the Seattle Seahawks discovered that they liked uh, artificial surfaces, the lease requirement basically said, if it has to switch, it's switching. Right. Um, to host something like the World Cup or the Olympics or the, the few events that, that do require uh, the particular surface. And uh, basically, uh, that's part of why Adrian was a little nonchalant today regarding grass. It's like, if it needs to happen, it'll happen. And it didn't involve, like, both Dallas and New England, which have similar issues, got uh-huh. into these, like, elaborate, this is what we're going to do to make certain that soccer works. Right. And here today, it was, eh, it'll be grass if it needs to be grass. And even... Um, Victor, the um, CONCACAF president, I can't say his last name. Montagliani. Thank Ooh. you very much. Um, he, uh, 
he kind of mentioned that you know there are almost no or very few I'd have to look at his exact language but he was like there are very few stadium changes that would be necessary here right um, whereas Dallas and, and and New England like the list was extensive because those fields aren't even wide enough for soccer um, in both those cases so they're significant changes and that kind of probably spurred their this is what else we do and here it's like yeah oh well grass will be here yeah, you'd have to think that with five years until the World Cup's here, that they might figure out a better way to grow grass. And I think hey, hey, yeah. I think locking yourself into a way to do it here this far out is probably not the smartest thing. Um, and it leaves them room to do what's best with the technology that we have available by that time. That's I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that is actually another uh, interesting point that essentially... Yeah, you're right. Like they don't need to come up with some super elaborate system. It's sort of like, well, when we get close, once you give us the, once you once you've greenlit this, we promise we'll do whatever you need us to do. And if that means that we have to dig up the field turf and put down natural grass, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's on the table. I don't know that that's the likely scenario, but um, I, I thought it was kind of funny that the that the guy from FIFA, whose name I'm I'm. Do you remember the Colin name? Colin Smith? Or Smith. I think it was Smith. Yeah, I think yeah, that Colin sounds Smith. right. It's a very complicated name, like Colin <laughs> Smith. Uh, but he was like kind of chiding them and saying, like, maybe they'll keep grass here forever. And, I mean, I don't know that that's really their concern. But I, it was an interesting note. Uh, and, I, and I would think that, I mean, it sounds like everything's on the table. I, it's not the answer that I wanted to hear. I wanted to have a, an elaborate scheme for uh, doing it because then it would make reporting on it more fun. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're being honest. Maybe they don't have an elaborate scheme. Maybe it really is just like, look, it's going to be sufficient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to best point, they do not need to have this figured out, you know, in the next six weeks or even six months. Well, and they're confident that they don't need to. I guess yeah. it's, it's yeah. telling. Yeah, and you know, the bid looks like the they'll have these this announcement by the end of quarter one is what the uh, uh, one of the representatives says I think it was the people representative said yeah. you hope to have you know the city's announced by the end of quarter one so that's March ish of 2022 and so at that point you know they have six that's you know about six months between now and then um, and you know there was nothing that they were gonna you know put out today that was really good uh, on the pitch you know side of things that was gonna have had those questions answered and again to your point if the if it's as base as we rip off the turf and install grass and have grow lamps going for you know you know four months ahead of the uh, the World Cup then that's what they'll do and you know in theory they could have this stuff in a year or two in advance in you know potential theory if, if, if that's what FIFA said they need you know advanced time you know again the least specifies that if they get the World Cup and games come here grass is going in so they are probably a little less concerned about you know what form that takes at least at this point and we'll we'll just have to wait and see uh, which is not as fun as you know knowing the answer right now yeah i suppose the interesting knock-on effect is how that impacts the sounders and i would assume that whether it gets installed you know six months before the world cup or 18 months before the world cup that the sounders would probably need to go on some sort of long season opening road trip uh maybe even you know like I mean, I guess if it was done 18 months, maybe it would be like a 10-game kind of thing that the that the uh, Timbers had to do when they were building their their addition. But on the, you know, I could I could see a world where they open the 2026 season 
uh, without playing a home game <laughs> before the World Cup, which would be kind of a bummer. But I kind I, I of got the sense that this was essentially what my takeaway from this was grass is not going to be what keeps us from getting a bid. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, you know, they seem to be pretty confident about what what they presented to FIFA and CONCACAF in U.S. soccer. Uh, and, you know, you know there was, I think there's other things that are probably higher on the priority list as far as right. you know, the final whatever, you know, I's they need to dot and uh, T's they need to cross as far as uh, getting, you know, uh, FIFA happy with what they presented. You know, uh, I think uh, Amy Knox, uh, Seattle Sports Commission uh, head, basically said they they had perfected their pitch in as much as they presented what their final uh, you know vision is, and now it's about answering whatever questions that FIFA has right. uh, in response to that presentation. So uh, surely they're confident uh, with with that. I mean, if, if FIFA's asking them now about what they plan to do about grass, that's not a good sign. So. Uh, you know, presumably they, they know what they want to do. I think another part that goes into the grass situation is that they mentioned that they want a consistency of pitches across the host cities. Yeah. And I think if Seattle says that we're going to put in grass, I think it's smart um, and almost a plus for Seattle to be like, we can make the grass whatever is going to fit in with the rest of the stadiums that may not have the luxury of being able to put in a new surface. Um, that would get them the consistency and the continuity of playing quality and pitch quality that they would want to see. Yeah, and I, and I would say more broadly speaking, and that was sort of indicative of a event where they, you know, I, I had one person tell me, we thought this was a 10 out of 10 presentation. What we don't want to do is fumble it on the one-yard line. And this press event kind of struck me as an organization that was more concerned about not messing it up than they were about impress like trying to win over anyone yeah 100 percent. and the fact that we didn't get much information on really anything except for kind of this the broad strokes i think you know dave i think you said it basically speaks to two things either they are supremely confident or they know that they are out of the running at this point and the latter doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense yeah that, that i when we talked uh, before the show it was to me the the lack of detail it was kind of it was the most notable thing from the event was they didn't feel the need to be to point out like wild technologies or or promise tens of millions of dollars in stadium improvements or training facility improvements there was nothing about that it was like we've got a great infrastructure we've got plenty of hotel space we've got every single pro sports team and major university in the areas behind it and uh, frankly we're awesome and <laughs> Everybody up there nodded, whether they were from CONCACAF, FIFA, or, you know, the four locals that were here. Um, it wasn't, this This wasn't a big promise of throwing cash at a problem, which is kind of funny considering what CONCACAF and FIFA's reputations are when well, it comes to events like this. There was certainly some irony when they were, when I, I guess it was like Colin Smith who said something along the lines of, one of the big things for us is not kind of uh, he didn't i'm paraphrasing but essentially not creating a bunch of white elephants and yeah, he calls it sustainable event management there you go sustainable good good catch there sustainable event management and it's like we're getting ready to play the world cup in qatar uh which is not striking me as sustainable event management uh before that you know and that's not to denigrate the a, bid but it just seems to be a, a charitable 
interpretation of that might be that they've learned from things like uh, sure. the Amazon Rainforest Stadium yes. and yeah. Qatar. Um, I mean, part of Qatar's bid was that they'd have a green energy source for air conditioning. Right. I mean, so that was part of their pitch. Sure, yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, the modern... I mean, modern stadiums require, you know, zero carbon. That's Climate Pledge Arena, which, right. oddly, Climate Pledge Arena was brought up as one of the things that FIFA and CONCACAF loved. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. It was just a... It, it was interesting to hear uh, them kind of tick off the... One of the other things that struck me, I guess, was Casey Keller talking about how even in Germany, which was the last World Cup that he played in, you know, they had to travel, I think he said, 45 minutes or an hour outside of Hanover. to. Get there were helicopters. Right. There were helicopters uh, guiding the U.S. national team's bus, apparently, to the training facility. And, and Amy Griffin laughed at that, which was kind of like... Right. Like, right. She was, a, she was in the, what, the 90... Uh, she might have been in the first ever Women's World Cup, uh, 91, 91 and 95, I think. I think okay. is, yeah, one of those two. And, uh, I mean, the Women's World Cup now doesn't have helicopter escorts for their right. their buses, uh, let alone back then. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it was, you know, and, and he was able to, t- Casey k- ticked off, I think, four, four training facilities that are all within about a half hour's drive of, of Lumen Field. Uh, he listed Starfire. He listed UW. He listed Seattle U. He listed... Uh, maybe it said five. He said five, yeah. BMAC. And then what was the other one that I did not catch? Northwest Kirkland? College out in Kirkland, which is where the Seattle Seahawks training facility was before they moved to uh, North Renton. Um, it's kind of out of date. It was out of date. That's why they moved. Um, and it's on a small Christian college campus. I, I don't know what its situation is like right now, but it once upon a time was an NFL-quality facility. I mean, it's notable. There, there was no, Again, we talked about this a little bit already. There was no promise of a new training facility. Um, there right, were no promise of improvements even to Starfire. Uh, the The presentation today made it seem like uh, they didn't need to make those promises. They've got five that are good enough right now. Right. And uh, I think we can still probably assume that there's going to be a new Sounders training facility, whether an upgraded Starfire or, you know, a brand new facility. But that, yeah, you're right. It was, it was telling that they didn't feel like they needed to hold that out there as sort of a carrot. And in fact, I don't think they were promising anything, really, other than like saying we'll do whatever we have to do for the grass pitch. But like, I don't think there was anything that was in that bid that was not something that was already sort of on the roadmap to uh, to what they're planning on doing. And that, that's the city. You know, we're going to have this massively expanded light rail system. I think there's going to be 19 new stops by the between now and 2026. Uh, it's going to be one of the longest, if not the longest, uh, light rail systems in the country, and and then you have the whole waterfront. They didn't even talk about the like they they released some renderings uh, yesterday on Twitter about the fan fest that they're planning apparently at the waterfront. They didn't even really talk about that at all. They they just mentioned that there would be fan fest, uh, but yeah, like there was just a, a a real lack of of promises that go beyond. Like, this is really already a great city. It's going to be an even better host city in 2026. You guys don't need to worry about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the vibe I got. Uh, you said you talked to somebody who said it was a 10 out of 10. I you know, briefly talked to someone from U.S. Soccer who was, said they were impressed with the uh, presentation. Not not the presser today, just what uh, right. the city had done in the uh, day or so that FIFA had been in town. 
Um, and if that is accurate, then you can understand why they didn't feel the need to come out with the glitz and glamour and the full core press um, at this presser. Uh, they'd already done the work behind the scenes, and uh, in some ways, that you know, is that's probably a, a good thing. It means that they did their homework. Uh, they knocked it out of the park, and they didn't feel the need to, you know, to glitz up a, you know, 30 to 45 minute press conference with a bunch of uh, promises. Uh, they've already, you know, done what they needed to do. And I would say that the glitz and glamour probably came when they were visiting the Spears yesterday or any of the other, like, kind of, like, fancy lo locales that they've been uh, hitting up over the last two days. And Do you think they took them up the golden elevator? They probably didn't get very far based on uh, what has happened in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would imagine. I guess they went up to. The, I, I think they went up to the Space Needle. I think they're flying the. They're flying some sort of flag. I think they're flying the 2026 flag mm. at the Space Needle. Uh, I did think it would have been funny if they had flown the FIFA flag just for the memes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a very confident. Uh, it was a very confident display. Like I said, I think that the press was there more to like as a way of showing FIFA that, like, the community cares about this. Look at all the press we got to come out to this event that was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of a nothing burger other than, right? I mean, it was, which, and I, I mean, don't think that's bad. I don't think you can say that the cookies were nothing. Those were pretty okay, good cookies. That's a, it's a very good point. Uh, the, the cookies, which, as we've all Not found soap. Out, yeah, it looked, they looked like soap, but... They don't taste like soap. They didn't taste like soap. They had a nice, good shortbread base and a... And a sweet frosting. Yes, sugar, lots of sugar. Yeah, and and a, and a nice little scarf there that that Beth is wearing for us. That's because it's freezing. Um, and I just freezing. watched a seagull drop something really big on the pitch, so I'm getting the full experience. Yeah, uh, but it's it's not hard to imagine this being full of fans and it being a good. You know, and I, I one of the other things I thought was telling was I think there's a real value. Like I think host cities need to impress upon FIFA that. If you come out here, we don't need the USA to play in order to sell this place out. Yeah. We don't need France. We don't need England. We don't need, like, the high-profile teams. You can We'd take them, though. We would definitely take them. But you can give us, you know, Cameroon, Qatar, and have a reasonable hope that, you know, 50 to 75 or 50 to 70,000 people are going to be here just to be taking in uh, the World Cup. I guess they can't be in the same. No, they could be. Two European t teams can be in. The well, the, they're going to do that weird new group, three-team group. Yeah. 48. Oh, yes. We don't know any of that. But and that was, I, I just, that was the other thing. They didn't even know how many cities are going to be in this bid. Uh, they said about 16. Right. That was different than what had been stated when the bid was one. Um, that it used to be it was going to be three Canada, three Mexico, 10 to 12 U.S. And now it's the firmness of no number of teams and how many games could be played was also no longer firm. Three to six. Um, three to six about games. About 16. And about 16, which could mean more room for the U.S., could mean less. Um, who knows? And do we even know? So we know that there are now officially only two Canadian cities. Vancouver is not in this bid. I know they had made some noise about trying to get back into it, but it sounds like it's Edmonton and Toronto that are uh, vying for it. And then you have Mexico City, Guadal or, uh, Guadalajara, and um, Monterey. Monterey in Mexico. So that is at most five non-U.S. cities. And so, I mean, I guess that's still 10 to 12 
it's at least you know like 11 is like kind of the mid ground to get to 16 but do we even know if all five of the non US cities are going to get selected I, I, I think it's up in the so. air uh, oh, okay. but I would you know I would I would assume so as well I think they're going up to Edmonton next uh, they said that was part of uh, their next uh, right their Edmonton next Toronto Mexico City Los Angeles I think were yeah I think Guadalajara th- yeah they were going to oh, visit okay. all three Mexico the two Canada and then LA which I think is a second LA visit it feels and like. Have they finalized whether it's the Rose Bowl or SoFi Stadium that is being used? Uh, I don't believe so. No, I believe that was the one city that listed two possible stadiums. Oh, okay. Um, is my recollection, but okay. we don't want lots, me to look lots it up. Of, lots, in the, lots in place still. I guess that's why well, we have five years to figure this out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still – I mean, I came away feeling – pretty confident i think that seattle is going to end up getting a bid it it feels like seattle has a lot of advantages that at least fifa is saying that they like which aren't necessarily you know like who knows at the end of the day maybe this all gets decided in a in a in a smoky room and duffel bags get passed around but based on merits like i don't know what what are the what do we think are the potential things that would keep Seattle from getting a spot? Oh, I think it's down to time zones uh, is one of the main ones uh, that they did mention that there's one of the considerations. As you, you know, as we all have seen, uh, Seattle and the West Coast have been largely ignored for CONCACAF qualifying, um, and that is an issue. But again, the uh, that I, I don't think that's high on the list uh, because all of these teams will be taking a month off uh, plus. Uh, so they'll be, you know, they'll be stationed in the United States or North America uh, for the better part of six weeks. Uh, you know, if you include uh, training and all that kind of stuff. So uh, as long, I think as if you've got a pod where you can situate several teams, so they're not having to do a bunch of travel and travel would be the other one. Um, then I think Seattle is more or less okay. But I think that is, probably something of a knock uh, um, that Seattle and there's nothing they can do about that but right, that is that is something that could potentially hold up a bit. I think the only three cities that are in the bid that are in the Pacific time zone are Seattle uh, Bay Area which uh, Dave and I actually were talking about this is, is not is is not just San Francisco in fact the games aren't going to be in San Francisco at all uh, but it is kind of an all Bay Area bid and then Los Angeles uh, and I and none of the cities in like because Guadalajara is in I think the Central Time Zone, uh, Mexico City I assume is also in the Central Time Zone, and uh, Monterey might be in the Central Time Zone too. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I, I and maybe that I don't know maybe that actually works in in this in Seattle's favor because they're gonna need they can't just like we know like Los Angeles has to have games right? sure. Uh, and if you're going to have Los Angeles, you kind of need... You need at least one other city in that time zone. And with, to, to be honest, the, with the 48-team World Cup, there's right. going to be so many Asia teams from the AFC right. there. I, I know the big focus is on... Um, you've seen Houston was very passionate about their ability to play in the European um, broadcast window. Yeah. But let's be honest, FIFA really wants that, that AFC broadcast window for China, Japan... Korea, there's uh, lots of money there, uh, billions, you know, two billion, two point five to three billion people in Asia. Um, they're going to want to hit that time zone hard, and that probably means three from the Pacific time zone because we 
can match up their their broadcast slots much easier than New York, oh, DC, and that kind of thing. I mean, that's part of the yeah. part of what they brought up uh, in the Seattle twenty twenty six bid process is that Seattle is equidistant from Tokyo, Beijing, as it is from London, Paris, oh, interesting Barcelona, because the wonderful impacts of the Great Circle effect is you can get to Northeast Asia and Western Europe in the same amount of time, essentially. Uh, so are there any other areas of, of concern that we have? Like, if, if we had to guess, what's the thing that, that crowds out Seattle? I think it's really just if they have that many more cities that they want to go to. Because I, I think not on, on its own, I think Seattle has a great bid. And, you know, based on what we've heard, they put together a good presentation. And they're going to get rid of, you know, the turf. They will have grass installed. Uh, I can't imagine if they've made that promise. Um, and as Beth said, they can kind of line it up with whatever, what other turf is, or grass is going to be at, um, in other stadiums. Then that's really consideration. So uh, unless they've got a bunch of other places that they really want to hit and the time zone thing is really a, a major black mark against a bit. I don't think there's a whole lot there that Seattle doesn't offer. Anyone want to predict against Seattle getting a spot? No. I don't no, want to put like that the time the zone discussion actually made me firmer yeah. than I was. Uh, the lack of details today made me believe in it more. Yeah. Um, somehow, because I, I think, you know, I think when there are details, we we, we might have gotten lost in those details. Like, right. if we'd seen a training facility render or a promise of a, a new train or, you know, Although some of the infrastructure, uh, we would have loved them. They would have been great for the content. <laughs> but if we saw all those, we'd poke holes in them. Right. Right? We'd be like, oh, that's the wrong location for a training facility. Like the Fan Fest. Um, whereas without those specifics, it's just like, you know what? It's going to be here and we'll make it work. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it feels like we're, we're selling an idea of Seattle. We're not necessarily selling them the specifics of how this is going to work, but we're selling them... I think Adrian talked a lot about, like, emotion. Like, the people in this yeah. bid are emotionally involved in it, and I think a lot of what they're selling is, like, the emotion, the culture, yeah. um, the fans, the community, and less of, like, exactly where those training facilities are going to be. Right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a... That's a I think that's a very accurate takeaway. Yeah, unless they truly don't have the details, which seems impossible right. to believe. Um, and at that point, you know, it's kind of like if you don't have the uh, you know, the law, you argue the, the facts. If you don't have the facts, you argue uh, you know, something else. Right. Um, and so unless that's the case, I, I, I don't think that's really something that people who are looking uh, for the bid to be uh, awarded should be worried about. I, I kind of dug a Keller talked uh, pretty extensively about training facilities it's, isn't just about like the teams when they're in town but brought up the point that like some of the most wealthy uh world cup nations like to arrive about a month before the world cup and just build their own facility oh i see what you're saying. Ne nearby he mentioned germany built two entire uh full-size fields that emulated um oh, a host nation's world cup final stadium and they built like training facilities so whereas those wouldn't need to be the ones that are within x number of miles for a commute for match day those would be ones where a team just hangs out and say issaquah for a month on some land like that preston uh fall city uh soccer complex that's used out there might be a place that gets a dramatic rebuild just because 
Spain decides we're going to base based out of Seattle for six weeks. I honestly didn't know what he was talking about, and now I understand what he was talking about, which is interesting. <laughs> I had no idea what he was like. I, like, what is he talking about building facility? But I guess that so they they would actually come into like South Africa or whatever and just get some land and put a yeah because they're about five to ten. World Cup teams that have that kind of money, yeah. and you know they're all the ones that win World Cups. Sure, um, that think they might be in the final. So the, essentially, they build a national training center right. in the World Cup host country. Uh, they can't do it in Qatar. Saudi Arabia's got a couple uh, facilities that'll host um, similarly. But the idea is, we need to be there. We need, and they just kind of take over a small community mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and I expect we. Whether or not we get the World Cup, he's like, we'll probably get that just because countries like us. Right. Like, the region. Well, uh, I think at the very least it was an excuse for us to sit in a Lumen Field uh, radio broadcast booth and uh, get to imagine what it would be like. But this was, like I said, I think the big takeaway from this event was that we... We were window dressing, and that's fine, and that probably speaks to the confidence of the of the group. But uh, yeah, we'll, or I guess we'll find out in what it sounded like about six months. Yeah, uh, March sounds like about when they're gonna drop this information. Yeah, and then we'll get, and then it'll start to get really interesting. Yeah. All right. Or really boring. <laughs> or really boring. Good point. Good right. Point. If, if we're not on the list, then 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 we start petitioning places like Germany. Hey, yeah, uh, rebuild the Sounders training facility. Right. right? Exactly. All right, well, uh, we're going to end it there. Uh, I'm Jeremiah Sheehan signing off for Mickey Turner, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time.